With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 125, and here we go. And rolling right into uh, the offseason, we just got done with the Combine, and that information is in hand. So even more ways to break down this rookie class and I've got a great guest. We had a lot of fun uh, the last time uh, John was on the show. Uh, it, it was a great show, man. So I'm really looking forward to have having a fellow East Coaster on the show with me this week to dissect and break down the rookie class. Mr. John Lobb joins us. You can find John on Twitter at GridironScall91. That's because he is the Gridiron Scholar, Mr. John Lobb. What is going on, buddy? Hey, it's a very exciting time of the year. I love the NFL draft. I've been watching it since 1985. I'm definitely addicted to the draft. I love prospect analysis. It is my 10th year of publishing draft profiles on players on footballdiards.com. My fourth year on Rookie Big Board doing our individual player profile series. And every data point is now in the books except for draft capital. Yep. Obviously, that can influence. I don't expect massive changes. But once in a while, last year, we had Malik Willis fell to the third round which told us everything that, you know, the fantasy industry was centuries off on the value of Malik Willis as far as NFL is concerned. And my question mark before at the running back was Damian Pierce. I liked him, but my production model had some questions. Why didn't he get on the field at Florida? When the, when the Texans took him with the draft capital, which is fourth round is good in the modern NFL you looked at the depth chart of the Texans. I moved them up. So we can right. have some movement, nothing dramatic, but there will be movement. But that is the last data point. I have everything in my analysis now completed. Well, part of what we do too, John, is we use projected draft capital. And now there's so much you know, data in and around that you don't have to just pull one 
you know, mock draft and hope they're right. There's, you know, mock, it's true. Yeah. There's a mock draft database and grinding the mocks and all different places you can go that are basically, um, you know, consensus um, mock draft datas. That, that's what got us in trouble last year with Malik Willis because it's not like, I don't know. I mean, I was using the fact that, you know, well, they're not getting past Pittsburgh in the first round. That's for sure. Malik Willis will at least, that's the backstop for Malik Willis was pick 20, whatever, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's what we kept hearing from the media. That's what we saw in every mock draft. So, you know, when you look at the mock draft information and and the, 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 the crowdsourcing of the media's rhetoric, you kind of f- start thinking, hey, this is what's going to happen. Uh, when it goes completely haywire, and, and another one of our guys, Sam Howell, who we both liked a lot, went all the way to the fifth round. Now <laughs> Sam's going to Sam's going to get a shot here, and so that's where our pre-draft, you know, evaluation does go a long way because he's a fifth round pick. But I think between you and I, we're like he's better than that, and he might get a shot. And here, here it is. Lo and behold, yeah, I'm actually excited about Sam Howell in early best ball drafts. He's my third quarterback. And we could still get in trouble because Washington could acquire one in the draft. Washington, they could still trade for one. It's not impossible. However, based on my pre-draft assessment of three years of watching Sam Howell play football, I think he has the skills to be a successful NFL quarterback. So right now, it's considering it is March 8th. I'll take the gamble that Sam Howell remains at the top of the depth chart for now. Obviously, something can happen. But if I'm Washington, why are you bringing in another quarterback at this moment? It makes no sense. You're not ready to compete. That division is crazy challenging. You know, with Daniel Jones just signing the contract in New York, Dak Prescott in Dallas. Jalen Hurts just led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. What? Wait until you build a roster, then bring in the piece. What I, the, the way I would have built a team is like the Lions are doing. Build the pieces, get a guy like Goff, and then figure out if you need a better quarterback down the road. Washington Football Club, if the organization was smart, go with Howell, cost you nothing. He was a fifth-round pick on a minimum salary. Right. Why would you not play him? And he has rushing upside. So that's why I like him as a third quarterback in best ball. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think it's like, you know, if you're going to have a shot at at an elite quarterback, certainly they should take it, as should every team. But I think they're basically, you know, and and I would take cheap shots – uh, to add talent around Sam Howell, you know, I want, yeah. uh, uh, you know, why not? I mean, you're going to f- potentially find a guy, you know, I mean, it was like, um, if you remember back when Seattle draft, uh, excuse me, signed Matt Flynn, that stupid contract, oh. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and and then they took the shots to find the cheap one, which was Russell Wilson, which is smart. You know, it doesn't mean you give up on the position. It just means that you go with, you know, th- these, these shots, you know, take some shots. I mean, Dak Prescott was a shot, you know, so, um, there's a few shots in this class that we should probably talk about, but I don't. I don't think we can go anywhere talking about any sort of quarterback right now without touching on a couple of big names in the news right now. The first one for me, and we'll just we'll start here just for fun, is with Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, all I am, I am so cheering for Lamar Jackson to succeed 
based off of everything that's been going on. It's kind of like, you know, all the big ownership and big agency is against him because he didn't go with an agent and he's held out and he's bet on himself and he, you know, quote unquote, didn't play hurt last year. And I'm just all in on Lamar Jackson's side on this. And I hope he gets the bag. And now, but it's also like, where is he going to play? Like, is 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 Baltimore going to kind of call his bluff? Is someone going to? Because here's the thing: if someone gives him this contract, you know, like uh, the Patriots or whomever, they have to put up all the guaranteed money in escrow, and Baltimore has five days to match. So that's like kind of like, you know, it's like if I'm if I'm a team like the Patriots or the Lions or whomever they're they're saying might draft might might sign him. I'm not even guaranteed to get him. I'm going to go for him. It's going to be in the news that we did go for him. And then Baltimore is going to match, let's just say. And then where's that put us? Like now we've, you know, marginalized Mac Jones or Jared Goff or whomever. Like it's just kind of a weird way to acquire him because you might not even get him. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think Baltimore closed the market. Because even though he is probably worth two first-round picks, no one is going to pay that and take, I think, I could be wrong, but that's what I think. They're demanding to, they have to give they first. They have to. It, 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 yeah. And no it actually goal. has to be, you have to own your own 23 and 24 first. You can't yeah. even, it, it, so a team that doesn't have them can't. Uh, participate in this Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And that's why if you're, if you're one of the early teams, it's actually harder because you have to give them the money and two or potentially early, at least one early pick. Hopefully you'd be good next year. But that's why I'm like looking at the Patriots who like draft, you know, 14th overall. But you know, I don't think it's the picks, John. I really don't because, you know, Russell Wilson went for all these picks. I mean, Deshaun Watson, all these guys, I think he's well worth two firsts. And, oh, and the I contract. Think there's no doubt he's worth the two first. Okay. But is a franchise willing to – you are locking yourself, and I think teams are afraid now looking at Cleveland. Yes. They are – Cleveland is in a very difficult position right now. Yep. Can they build around Deshaun Watson without a lot of draft capital and flexibility under the salary cap? That's a question that is not answered yet. So right. I think you have that is a other teams are looking at that and that's a problem. And yeah. I'm just you see I got a Bronco jersey on. It was a disaster bringing yes. in Russell Wilson last year. So teams are looking around and saying, "Wait a second. Do I want to be in the same position as the Denver Broncos 2 years from now <laughs> no. where I've got this yeah. expensive quarterback and no draft capital and no maneuverability?" On my roster, and I yeah. think teams are saying, I don't know if I want to be in that position. Yeah. No, and I mean, I the, think the, that's some of it. I think it's just, it's not all of it, but I think it's some of the challenge. There's so many moving pieces to it. It's not, it's not cut and dry. Like, oh, if we want them, all we have to do is sign them to this contract, give up the two first, and we got them. It's like, no, you can agree to all that, and Baltimore can still come in and be like, Okay, we took him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can just, and you're like, fuck, we just wasted five days. We're not sure we're going to get, you know, so it does create some moving pieces. And of course, that money going into escrow. Don't underestimate the fact that someone's got to have to have 200 plus million dollars in cash laying around. Like it's not like 
you, you need to wire that shit right now. Like, you know, you better have that shit on hand. Not, you know, hold on. Let me sell a few fucking stocks here. You know, it's got to happen immediately. So they've got to be liquid. And even if you are liquid, a lot of these guys are cheap motherfuckers and they're not going to want to come up with that cash and leave it in escrow for five days on a maybe. So it, it does reduce his um, bargaining power. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens knew that, especially trying to navigate all this without an agent. I think they kind of made this uh, unique situation sort of on purpose to challenge Lamar and his team who doesn't have any experience with this stuff. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's not easy to do this as a player alone without uh, without representation. Obviously, I'm sure he has some people around him, but basically he's doing it without an agency. So I think all that makes it more difficult. I think he probably ends up back with Baltimore after this sort of marketplace is sussed out. I think if you compared the analogy to a chess game, yeah, I think Baltimore has Lamar Jackson in check. Yeah. They haven't won the contest yet. Right. That's right. But Lamar is in a very difficult situation. Right. Not only is he in check, he doesn't have his queen on the board anymore. Right. I think a little bit with the Ravens being savvy, having lawyers, having media access. Yep. I think the Ravens won a lot of these ancillary pieces yes of the debate yes that i think lamar and is look it's just him and, and maybe family members you know there's different rumors i don't know exactly right but you see the lack of experience yeah and you probably have a player who's got an mvp award he obviously knows he's a great player yep and probably was a little naive to think it was just based on his performance on the field yeah. Well, that's not how negotiations for $200 million work. That's right. Pu- public perception matters. National media matters. Who's got the microphone matters. There are so many other factors where I feel if Lamar had gotten a, a publicity agent even, he right. might have been able to – not maybe not even a savvy agent, but a publicity agent – Maybe the narrative could have been a little bit different. But from what I see, it seems like the Ravens have controlled this narrative from day one. There's no doubt. There's and no they've doubt. won that. They've won that. And then they had this new, they had put him in check in this. I don't think he expected this. You know, right. oh my God, two first round. What do they do? Wait a second. Where did this come from? Yeah, I think he was expecting the, you know, the the the, the larger sum, um, you know, uh, you know, option. And, and so now, uh, I think, I think he's just going to be back there. I think they'll find, a, a, a because I don't think he's playing on this 32, well, almost no chance he's playing on this $32 million, uh, tag. Right. I mean, I don't think so. I think he'll sit out. Right. I do. Yeah. I don't think he's playing on that. I think and, and his I only, his only power move left right. is to sit out. He only right. has one move left. <laughs> that's right. And, and, that's and, it. I mean, that's he, right. the only the only power he has now is to sit out. That's right. And, and I think he will. And I think he should. Quite frankly, I mean, that is the right you know chess move. You if you're going to get into this chess game where you are trying to leverage to the yes. maximum contract, that is your play. And you know what's crazy is that he'll be criticized for it, and that's what'll kill me. I, I'll I'll just you know they're doing all this stuff to like try and not pay his ass. 
And then like he does this one thing where he has the one piece of leverage. People are like, well, oh, not a team guy, you know, and all this shit. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I think Lamar's awesome. I would pay him. I'm a player's guy. I don't Me care too. who owns the money. I don't care how much money the Ravens owner has. Right. I literally do not care. Like pay him the money. Like I have no, but I have to look at the whole picture right. and there's two sides to every story. And right now, when I look at the narrative in the story, Baltimore's won it. I no mean, doubt. it's a shame, but Baltimore's right now ahead in the game. No doubt. Hey, there's a there's an NFL draft coming up with some quarterbacks available. Yeah. One of them just became the most athletic quarterback in the history of the league at the combine at six foot five, two hundred and almost fifty pounds, running a four four forty and jumping literally out of the building explosion you know the body anthony richardson turned heads now we knew he was going to be athletic you know i tweeted this that you know all of a sudden now he's you know moved moved up look there's a couple of things that happened when i tweeted my tweet people were like we knew he was athletic i'm like yes i knew he was athletic you who are tweeting on my tweet knew he was athletic but but, right but now All of the guys in all of the leagues that you're in, in all of the dynasty leagues everywhere, all of them now also know that he's athletic, and that's why he has to be considered up at the top. He, he had to be considered at the top of the of the of a superflex rookie draft to begin with, but now that everybody is going to be geeked about him, in order to get him, he's going to vault up the boards. He's going to be considered at the 101 in in many dynasty superflex leagues even potentially over B. John Robinson. I am not advocating for this move, nor am I saying it's the right move. I'm just saying it's factually going to happen. With that happening, we now have a very interesting, uh, you know, top three or four or five or however many deep you want to go at the quarterback position. I don't think we're falling into the trap of Malik Willis where he's not going to get draft capital or any of these four, specifically if we're talking Stroud, Young, AR and Levis. I think they're all going to get what top 15 draft capital. It seems written in stone. So with all that being said, how are you, you know, how are you dealing with this, John? What what are your thoughts about this class and, and how you have them sort of uh, you know, in order? I'm going to address Richardson first because I think he's the hot topic. And I have a lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts. Let's hear. Let's do it. I will have no shares of Anthony Richardson, zero in Dynasty. And anyone who's listened to me for the last five years, I am loaded with Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. And here's why. It was the value. Value, value, value. I actually have a Dynasty team with Hurts, Murray, and Lamar Jackson. Because Hurts was falling to the third round. Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows I was incredibly bullish on Jalen Hurts. I could not pass up the opportunity. Lamar Jackson, I think he was a second rounder, early third round in Dynasty. Kyler Murray would slip to the first round in Dynasty in Superflex. So what happened was I scooped those players up and I liked them. My model liked them and I had them, you know, I was higher on Hertz than anyone I know. People thought I was like a drunk sailor on vacation because I was like, get, get Jalen Hurts. He's, he, you know, it's, people are like, nope, nope, nope. Even last summer, they were like, the Eagles should draft the quarterback. I'm like, are you on drugs? Like, right. that's, just, that's just absurd. Like, you haven't watched football. 
Like that's absurd what your statement what you're making. So the problem is now there's a market over correction. All those people who for the last five years said, do not draft Lamar Jackson, do not draft Kyler Murray, do not draft Jalen Hurts. They are all ashamed and embarrassed and they are now looking for so desperately the next Jalen Hurts, the next Lamar Jackson. And that's what happened with Malik Willis last year. Correct. Everyone wanted the next Lamar Jackson. Right. So what is happening now? You need to calm down. You need to take a step back. You need to get away from the hype. And look at Anthony Richardson in a model or film breakdown. Yes, there are incredible highlights from Anthony Richardson. The fact. But friends, that's there's more to quarterbacking than highlights on YouTube and throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. <laughs> yes. Watch three can, can full confirm. games. Watch, can, confirm. can confirm. Watch three full games of Anthony Richardson. Every handoff, every snap. What's the score? How many delay of game penalties? How many times did he miss a wide open player? Uh, just watch three full games. And I get there is incredible athlete. I mean, that's undeniable. <laughs> undeniable. Yeah. And it was it was on film. Yeah. But it wasn't every play, folks. Right. Now I plug him in my model. I have six benchmarks that I look for in a quarterback prospect. Anthony Richardson only exceeds two. Two. Here's some really bad numbers. I'm old school. Bill Parcells. I want 30 games started in college. That means he's prepped. He's studied film. He's gotten beaten up. He's had adversity. He's won games. He's lost games. He only has 19 starts, dude. Yep. He cannot start day one in the NFL. He's not ready. Look at how bad Malik Willis was. I'm not saying he's going to be that bad. Malik Willis was in way over his head. I mean, literally, didn't he throw the ball five times a game at one time this year? Right. That's worse than Bob Greasy in Super Bowl what did Super Bowl 70 threw the ball seven times or something against the Washington Redskins in 1972? It's it's incredibly pathetic at the NFL level. Malik Wills couldn't couldn't throw the football. He couldn't control the game. 19 games. He needs at minimum a Patrick Mahomes, Carson Palmer, sit on the bench, learn the game. I think the worst thing that happened to Malik Wills this year is that he got in the game, dude. Yeah. Never, he should never, the, the Titans should have brought in a veteran. <coughs> he should never have stepped on an NFL field. He wasn't ready. It was obvious that he wasn't ready by any stretch of the imagination. Passing efficiency. This is what I lump into quarterback IQ. I don't care. IQ in the classroom, I, that's different. He's he, he's charismatic. He's, he's, he's a good, that's different. Football IQ. Two stats show me football IQ. Passing efficiency, my benchmark's 155. He's 133 in the modern game, dude. Right. That's awful. That's awful. Those are 1990 numbers. 
That's awful. Second one, touchdown interception ratio. I'm looking for a three to one touchdown interception ratio. He has 24 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Yeah, it's not even close. Not even close, dude. <clears throat> I question his football IQ. Now, people talk about accuracy. You know what? I don't argue accuracy. It's subjective on film. Anyone who tells me they it's subjective. Unless you're um, Christian Hackenberg, which is so bad, that's different. Christian Hackenberg was so bad on film. People told me Jalen Hurts was inaccurate. You know what I said? Look at the numbers. He completed over 60% of his passes. How is he inaccurate? Do you know what Anthony Richardson's completion percentage is? I am aware. 54.7. Yeah. My friends, look at the company he keeps in the last 20 years with a quarterback completion percentage that low. It ain't good. No. And and, it, and those it, are Bad, bad yeah. signs, my friend. Yeah, your research and your analysis uh, is everything that the anatomy of a, a, an elite quarterback, or a, in this case, I just did the recent, the 2023 anatomy of a top 12 dynasty quarterback, and I just took the data set of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, and Tua. And use their use their you know composite profile yeah. and stacked it up to Anthony Richardson and Anthony Richardson falls short on almost every single one yeah. except of course you know so, the so the, yeah the rushing that's it and the athleticism and everything else the yards per attempt below the threshold oh why uh, didn't you mention that you're right it's terrible it, yep it's below the threshold completion percentage below the threshold. College attempts, which you mentioned the started games, but even just attempts below the threshold. Best season passing yards below the threshold. Total touchdowns, including rushing. So give him rushing. Hey, if he, you know, if he was prolific, even running the football, you know, didn't hit the number. Uh, he did hit rushing yards, and of course the the uh, the forty time. I mean, geez, Louise blew that out of the water. His yeah. career, you know, and you talked about touchdown to interception. Well. I just look at interception rate as a raw number because sometimes you can sure. be prolific and throw a bunch and blah, blah, blah. You know, who knows, right? You score touchdowns yeah, yeah. on the ground, have a few picks, but really you were really efficient. Nope. Awful. And, Awful. And, yep. Way, way past the threshold on interceptions. And then my last one is QBR. And QBR yeah. takes into consideration, you know, you're running, you know, the, the football. Because if you, you know, pick up a first down on third and eight with your legs, that goes to a positive QBR. His QBR – one of the worst, what would be the worst, and below the threshold, finally. So you're right when you talk about Anthony Richardson as a thrower and a, a prospect in that regard. For instance, let's put it this way. If Anthony Richardson had average athleticism, he probably would go undrafted. Oh, I mean, he would, or at least a fourth-round pick. At the very best. At yes. The very best. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I have a second-round grade on him, and I'm not budging. Because you are 100% banking on upside. Yes. And I don't bank. First of all, I don't believe that most coaches know how to coach the quarterback position. I don't like when people say, oh, he's going to get coached up. He's, ah, that happens to some players. It doesn't <laughs> happen for every player. That's right. So look at the Jets. They've been trying to get this right for years. They can't coach anyone up. Right. 
The Panthers can't coach anyone up. The Reds, the Washington Football Club has been trying to find a quarterback for 20 years. They can't coach anyone up. So do not tell me about he's going to get better coaching. That's an assumption that you cannot prove. Now, right. you put him in a, with Andy Reid, okay, we can have a conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, he ain't getting near Andy Reid, so no. forget about that, right? So that's one. Two, they're going to throw him to the Lions because the public and the owner is going to demand it. Carson Palmer won the Heisman Trophy. He sat behind John Kitna. Most of your listeners probably don't even know who John Kitna is. He was actually a decent, you know, yeah. a top 20 quarterback in the NFL every year. He was freaky looking. He had the, yeah. the bald head with the no eyebrows type of thing. Yeah. yeah. But John Kitna, and he learned. Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith and learned. There is no question in my mind yeah. that Anthony Richardson needs that. Yep. What's going to happen is if a bad team takes him in the top five, they're going to have to play him from day one. Right. That's a disaster. Yep. That is a disaster. Yeah, the and likelihood. So I will, the, the, I will the not have any Anthony Richardson. Yeah, the likelihood that he can come in and start week and one. And win games. And w- it, it, no, and even I'm saying even just sort of keep his head above water. Oh. is very unlikely. And it, it's it's unlikely. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes, as you point out. All these players did not come in and rip it up. Very no. few. Even I think Herbert was the sort of the closest one to it. I mean, Peyton Manning didn't. You know, none of these players come in and dominate. It's very, very difficult. And that's what I've been saying. Look, you, John, you and I are very similar in this one in that I just want a, a quarterback – who can deliver the ball on target and on time. If he can do that, and he's also Anthony Richardson uh, athletic, do you have the greatest quarterback of, uh, 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 I mean, geez Louise, you know, I mean, that's why Patrick Mahomes is so good because he's the greatest that I've ever seen delivering the ball on target and on time. Plus he's also a pretty good freaking athlete. I I think he's well above average. Well above, but he's, but, but if he couldn't do the former, the latter doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. You know. Hey, this one last thing on Richardson. Then sure. let's. I'll say this, and and no one. Cam Newton is the ceiling, and I see it, but I don't think it's it's. Cam Newton was a better prospect. Look at the numbers. Watch the two players. Much better prospect. His floor is Tim Tebow, and oh, if right. you don't see the Tim Tebow in him, you're not watching football. Yeah, he is as inaccurate as Tim Tebow was. Yeah. Tim Tebow was a good athlete. He was a good college athlete, terrible thrower of the football. Here's terrible the thing, though. Here's the one the thing I would say: he does have the, you know, everybody does this, and it's really frustrating because anytime you start talking about this, they'll mention Josh Allen, and um, even even Josh Allen had a you know 52 and a 56 percent completion percentage in the NFL for two years, which took immense patience, and everybody was like ready to write him off. Nobody remembers that, by the way. There, you know. After, mid midway through that year two, people were like, yeah, probably a bust. And they gave him year three, and he – I mean, the most amazing turnaround of all time. We're all and wondering – Right? They built a good team around him. They did, but, I mean, he, there was no guarantee that that was going to happen. Oh, and no, he still, there's none. 
he still has some flaws, does Josh Allen, but he's such a great athlete and and yeah. and, and he, he completes sixty five percent of his passes, which now makes him successful. If you can't do that, your team won't win. And so, what I'm guess I'm getting at is you're going to hear a lot of Josh Allen. The one thing I will say about Anthony Richardson is is on the on the on the quarterback side. If you just take away all the athleticism, he's got that upside, like, you know, not upside, but like the thing of like, remember Kyle Bowler had the big arm and Josh Come Allen on, has the big Kyle arm. Kyle Bowler. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. But he does. He has the physical yes. gifts. He's like Zach Wilson, Josh Allen, yes. you know, in the fact that he has. So he's Zach Wilson, Josh Allen, plus Cam Newton, you know? And so I'm not saying, so he could bust out like Zach Wilson or bust out like someone else. But like he's like this combination of having both, which is why so so many people, you know, are so tantalized with him. Because yes, if he puts it together, which is a big gigantic if, then you have this really amazing downfield thrower because he can push the ball oh. downfield. There's no oh. doubt about that. He's not, and, th- and that's where I, I I just lay lay pause to the Tim Tebow is that Tim Tebow was never gonna have it, it was never in the cards, right? Whereas at least right. this guy, you could say, no, 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 Josh Allen as a passer is in the cards. Yeah, Tim Tebow never had the Josh Allen upside. Right. But people way overrated Tim Tebow as a thrower. That's true. There yep. were Tim Tebow truthers, and I'm like, have you seen him? <laughs> <laughs> so so of the of the rest of the quarterbacks, yeah. which are not this amazing outlier who's going to have so much, it's going to be so much fun to watch Anthony Richard land and you know, someone in your league where they want to draft him. That's going to be so much fun. Whether it's you, and I'll tell people, look, if you want to have a very, very high variance risk reward pick in the early part of your first round pick anthony richardson go for it i don't give a shit you know he might pan out i mean it's possible it's not like a zero percent neither you or i are saying there's no chance it's just that he has a very low chance of being able to complete passes on target on time in the nfl and for that reason he's risky uh outside of him though who's your qb1 cj stroud ah me too and i'm sorry i'm not trying to be a sizist but 6'3", 215 against 5'9", and 3, or 5'9", and 5'8", whatever, you know, 5'10", yeah. 204 with a bigger frame, NFL body. Yep. I, I think Stroud throws a great ball. He's very underrated. I think people aren't giving him enough credit for what a good ball he actually throws. He throws a nice football, folks. Yep. He's more athletic than he's given credit for. Yep. And here's the thing. My model loves him. Touchdown interception ratio, 85 to 12. That is gold. Completion percentage, 69.3. And I get that he has great wide receivers. I get it. But I've also watched the film. He's very accurate. He's very good with the football. All three levels of the field, 9.8 yards an attempt. He's throwing the ball deep. Yeah, he gets some yak yards. I get it. But that's efficiency. And his 182 career passing efficiency those numbers and I love the film. Yep. He now he doesn't have the rushing upside. I think at best his best season might be 250 yards rushing, maybe four touchdowns. I don't think he can't run. He wasn't asked to run, but that's not his game. Right. Um, you know, but he can avoid the pass rush, move and slip and slide in the pocket. I like CJ Stroud a ton. If if I'm honestly, if I'm the Texans and he's there at number two, I'm taking him. I don't care. I'm, I'm taking C.J. Stroud. 
I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100. percent I mean, and his his um his interception rate is super low. I mean, you pointed it's out ridiculously the, low. Yeah, the touchdown to interception um is almost what seven or eight to one. Yeah, it's it's, it's silly. Yeah, what twelve times seventy two would be. Um, six times seven. Yeah. Like seven to one. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's really, really good. And yeah. And his, his interception rate is like 1.4%, which is super, super low. And it's, it, and he was, look, people will say, look, he played in a great system with great receivers. Yes. And he delivered just like, uh, Joe Burrow, just like Mac Jones. Right. So, you know, these guys also played with um, amazing talent Tua, right. You know, Jalen hurts, uh, you know, I mean, Yes, it does help to be to be prolific to have wonderful weapons. I I understand that, but he also with wonderful weapons was prolific. Here's and the reality: it, yeah, not every high school prospect could have walked into that system and done what C.J. Stroud. Of course did. not, right? And exactly. if you believe that, then you're just not watching football. You don't understand it because right. not everyone could do that. Right. Yep. He's ten yards per attempt. Uh, you That's know, amazing. Two straight seasons with over 40 touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's just really good. A 70% completion percentage. Everything that he's done as a thrower is elite. And so, therefore, you have to say what about him is going to make him fail. I, I, You know, that's where now you have to tell me why. And, and, and I haven't heard that yet. So for me, CJ Stroud's uh, quarterback one, I will also contend and, and we had Felix Sharp on the program and he had mentioned that he has, he knows someone very close to the Ohio state program who said that the coach, I don't know who it is. He mentioned it. I forget you probably know who it is. Um, doesn't like let them run the football from the quarterback position. They'll have them strafe, you know, at the line of scrimmage and, and throw it. I mean, they'll almost give up themselves to not run the football. So he didn't run the football. But if you go to his bowl game, uh, it, it, you know, against Georgia, he had like almost 100 yards rushing. He made big, gigantic plays in that game. In Ryan a competitive Day, game. Yeah, Ryan Day does yeah. not – I don't say he doesn't allow. Right. But he does not promote. He does not design. He doesn't coach. He coaches the player to throw. If you, if you scramble – Get back, set your feet, get back in his position, and throw the ball down the field. And I think that's to protect his his player, you know, because and, the, and, yeah. and his receivers are trained. When we have a breakdown with the quarterback, they have a fire alarm, right? Where yes. you your job is to go deep, and when you have people like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave breaking loose deep. CJ Stroud would find them, which is a skill. Like this is where the myth is, right? Like you have to be able to keep your eyes downfield, avoid the pass rush, reset yourself, and then know that your receiver is breaking deep and finding him. That's a skill, my friends. Yeah. Like that's a skill. So you not everyone could do that. Right? That's what he has been trained to do. Find the open target. Don't run. It protects the quarterback. It also, the receivers are happier, dude. Yeah. Do you want to play with the quarterback with 1,000 yards rushing in your college? Or do you want to play with the quarterback with 4,500 right. yards r- throwing? Like yeah. that, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship in the passing game. To have your quarterback look for the receivers deep. Yeah. 
and I do stand corrected to some degree. He didn't have almost 100 yards, but it does fact. I forget college football factors in the sack well, numbers yeah, as well. So, I mean, yeah, whatever. He, long story short, I saw him make big plays with his legs against a Georgia defense that has speed everywhere. Confirmed. Yeah, everywhere. Every, has speed everywhere. I'll say this. Field. I've watched college football for over 40 years. Yeah. The speed that is on that Georgia defense is just absolutely silly. Yeah, like they are so guy. fast, so strong. It is the, it's a thing of beauty, and I'm not a Georgia fan, but even I'm impressed. The defense is just amazing. So, so it sounds like if you and I were running an NFL franchise and we're sitting at the at the at pick one with Houston, we would both be just pushing the button for CJ Stroud. Yes. and we feel like we have a seventy or eighty percent prospect there that that we think he's going to hit more <coughs> often than not. We feel pretty good about that player. Is that kind of where you're at? Absolutely. If I had us, I'd say he has a sixty-five to seventy-five percent chance of hitting. And what I mean by hitting. I'm not talking Patrick Mahomes. No. I'm yeah. talking a five to seven year starter who could get us into the playoffs. Yeah. A like, Kirk Cousins, like Dak that, Prescott, or better. Somewhere yes. in that, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, uh, uh, an NFL starter, not a yes. bust out. I, yeah. I want to avoid Zach Wilson. I want to avoid right. Sam Darnold. You right. know, I want Dak Prescott. I want a guy who can be my quarterback. Yep. Yeah. That's what, what when we talk about a hit, that's what I'm talking about, too. I mean, he has a. I don't know, two to, you know, five, two to 10% chance of becoming somewhere in the Herbert and Mahomes area. I mean, yeah. he does have the raw tools. He doesn't have a big arm, but he is very accurate. He's extremely accurate. My goodness. He's very good throwing the ball at all three levels, my friend. He yep. really is. He's he's good. Now, if Bryce Young were six foot two and 220, he'd be better he, than Stroud. Right? I have him ahead of Stroud. Right? So the, yes. it's really a close one-two, don't you think? But the tiebreaker is the size? Is that where you're at? Because that's exactly where I'm at. It, 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 look, it, I don't know if Bryce Young can handle the physical punishment. And maybe I'm just old and I grew up in a different generation. I watched the 85 Bears. I watched the Doomsday Defense. I watched the Steel Curtain. This game is a violent game. Now, it's changed it and has. it's moved away. But the athletes are bigger and stronger. Yep. I just don't know if his frame and that body type can handle the physical punishment 17 games a year for like four straight years. Yeah. I look it. He can avoid the pass rush, but you know what? The defenders are faster. Someone's going to hit him at the NFL level. Like in college, he doesn't have the defenders that he's going to have at the NFL. I just – I cannot ignore – yes, can he slip and slide? Yes. Can he find open windows? Yes. Is he a great anticipatory thrower? Yes. Does he make great intermediate throws? I think he's the best intermediate thrower I've seen in years. That guy throws the ball 10 to 15, 20 yards down the field as well as anyone I've ever seen. But you have 280-pound defensive linemen who run four fives. They're going to hit you. And I don't know if his his body can take that. You know, and there's a there's another thing too. I mean, where he's letting go of the ball. I mean, at six four, six three, six two versus five nine, five ten. You know, look, Drew Brees talked about it. Russell Wilson used to change his sort of uh, launch points. He would kind of yeah. scramble, not to get a not to get away, but to to be able to actually see. Uh, Kyler Murray's actually had some issues. Let's face oh, it. Oh, definitely he's, he's had some issues. He's had some issues. Drew yes. Brees used to, you know, really, they 
if you remember too, the Saints would value guard play and middle middle of the middle of the offensive line play to, to create less pressure up the middle for Drew so he could see better yes. and throw the football, right? All these things, they threw the running backs to help him. Like a lot of things had to go their way in order to be uh, as great as they were. And, and they're <laughs> outliers. They're outliers. And they were drafted later too. If you remember, well, that's Tyler. Not Kyler, but you know Drew Brees and Russell Wilson slipped in the draft because of their size and height. Um, and I wonder about Bryce Young's ability to be able to contend with six eight behemoths on the defensive line <laughs> everywhere, just putting their you know their broomsticks up in the air. It's a it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for any quarterback, let alone someone who's shorter, smaller, and has has a harder time seeing downfield. So and- for those reasons. I think he's got an extra challenge to overcome, yeah. and I just don't think he's that much better in my eyes as an NFL prospect than C.J. Stroud to push him ahead of him. So for those reasons, I'm Stroud, then Young, or maybe I'm Stroud than somebody else. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's Stroud and Young. Is that where you are, or would you consider any of the other guys over Young? No, I can't consider the other guys over Young. I have Stroud, Young, and I have a huge tear break. <laughs> I don't have – I don't have another first, and I grade. I don't care what the NFL says. I think that's it's what fair. My model and what yeah. my film study has. I've watched football for fifty years. I feel like I have a pretty good grip on this game. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I have a decent. Nobody's grip. perfect. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I agree with where you're going with. There's this, a so massive tear break. Yeah. I would not draft Anthony Richardson in the first round, but I understand supply and demand. Yep, I get it at yep. this position. Supply and demand is going to outweigh a grade. So then I have Richardson third. Then I have Hendon Hooker fourth. Me. Then I have Will Levis fifth. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Yes. I'm going to have a boatload, a boatload of Hendon Hooker this year in my fantasy league. Yep. And here's the thing. When Hendon Hooker – so I've been – I love you, John. Here's what I've been thinking. If If you're a team that's looking for a quarterback, why wouldn't you be targeting Hendon Hooker late in the first, early second, just like uh, Philadelphia did with uh, Jalen Hurts, by the way? Um, because then you have a rookie quarterback who, by the way, is it? Look, he's either ready to go right away or he's garbage and you move on. Those are the two options, right? Because it's not like, well, he needs a red shirt. No, no, he's older. He's an older prospect. So to draft him in that region as an NFL team, you know, late first, early second, whatever, somewhere in that ballpark, late first, almost even even better because if he does hit, you get the fifth year of control. Like, I, if I'm a if I'm a team and I miss out, I, I would chill the fuck out. I would not be trading up. I would chill out like um, Carolina, trade up to the thirty second pick and draft Hen and Hooker and just be like, let's see. Either either we win that gamble. Or there's no sunk cost corollary. There's no big contract that's one draft pick. We're fine. We can move on. We can maneuver off this. There's no risk. But if we nail it, and Hendon Hooker happens to be, because he's athletic, and he he was prolific. Now, he was prolific in a gimmicky offense. I understand that. I've yeah. heard that. But prolific nonetheless. If he happens to be good, and you get him at that cost, and in that structure, it's a gigantic W. I got to say, first of all, my model loves Hendon Hooker, my friend. I talked about benchmarks. Hendon Hooker has six of six of my benchmarks. Yes. You mentioned size. He's 6'3", 208. He's got my, his frame holds the weight. He has it. Now, here's what I, 
he's got you know I'm convinced of this. I should have listened to my model more about <laughs> Brock Purdy. I like Brock Purdy, but I looked and no one liked him and he went Mr. Irrelevant. But my model, here's why I think he played from day one and did well. Part of it's Shanahan. He played over 45 games. I think he had 48 starts in college. Yep. Do you realize Hendon Hooker has 42 starts in college? There you go. 42. Now, we talked about intelligence with the football. I don't think people realize this. His touchdown interception ratio is 80 to 12. Yes, yeah, same. Off the hooks. Same as these other two guys. 67% completion. Yep. Nine point. He's not throwing dinks and dunks. He has a 9.5 passing yards attempt, and he has over 2,000 yards rushing. Dude. Yeah. If he misses, he misses. Yep. But if you hit the nail, if he gets the coaching like Jalen Hurts, and he gets a team around him. Yeah. Bingo. Yep. It's, oh it's, my a, God. it's a great gamble to, to, to make. Now, I mean, oh. I, I'm sure you you being a college football fan understand that that offense was yeah, catered. It's yeah, it's catered to it and, and all that, but he did deliver. And 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 so it, it's it's definitely a, a a flip of the coin, so to speak, if he's any good as as an NFL quarterback that's really the concern and i can see that you know they're gonna they're gonna wonder hey when it's not easy can this kid make the throws because ultimately when it's easy yeah he's got he's got great gifts and he's athletic and he was able to to command the offense all those things are check 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 the question is well we we ain't gonna be able to run we ain't gonna be able to run that offense here here in the nfl so we're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to do some more difficult things here but look we're asking those questions of all these fucking guys. So it's not like, you know, they've ask, all had it. They've all had advantages. You know? One other thing. Yeah. Listen to Hendon Hooker interviews. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's smart. Hendon Hooker, now part of its age, but that gives him an advantage. I'm looking and let's, I'm just going to put this out there. Yeah. If you're looking for Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning to quarterback your team for 15 years, you're on drugs. That's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> look at Carson Wentz and look at Jared Goff. Yeah. Wentz is going to be on his fourth team. Goff is on his second team, and he led a team to the Super Bowl. Right. Look at Marcus Mariota and James. So did Wentz, by the way, and then he got hurt, but he kind of did the same thing, truly. Yeah. And look at Winston and Mariota. Yeah. One, two. I don't even care about five, seven years from now. Right. Are you out of your mind, people? Name the starting quarterbacks from 2016, <laughs> other than Drew Brees and Tom Brady. <laughs> right. You're on drugs. Right. Yeah. The quarterback, I'm looking for a five year. If I get a five year window, I'm ecstatic. Right. I'm yep. ecstatic. Yeah. No, Can you need he, to. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, and, and, and it, look at. Kenny yeah. Pickett can go in the first round. He's about the same age as Kenny Pickett. Yep. What the hell's the difference? I, I don't know. The difference? I, he's got to be at least somewhat as good as Kenny Pickett. You would think he's certainly my model as good likes as my, him better. Me too. Now, yeah. We can argue the injury. Yeah. I, I mean that. I you know. But here's what's going to happen. I believe this. If he goes to day three, the injury's bad. If he goes anywhere's on day two, the medicals are clear. I'm all in. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that 100%. And, and, and landing spot a little bit matters. Uh, you know? Unless he ends up with Patrick Mahomes, I well, don't that's care. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he if he ends up at, behind a guy who's, like, super secure, like, like if he – it's you know, 
Herbert, Trevor yeah, Lawrence. I, mean, I, I don't see him landing any of those spots. Patrick Mahomes, you know, you know, you'd be like, oh, geez, that's kind of sucks. I mean, then you're kind of off, I guess. But uh, I, I'm with you. If if he has a, sh- a chance to compete, he's definitely worth a pick in that in a second round of a, of a rookie draft. The the guy that I think people are torn on is Will Levis. Will Levis has huge warts as a prospect, but also has that that same type of you know big frame, big hands, strong body. I mean, the body is incredible, right? You know, the the the, the throwing uh, velocity is great. The the he can throw deep, but there's a lot of issues with the way he performed. Some people will blame the offensive coach and the offensive system and the offensive weapons. But um, but there's some concerns there, and it sounds like you're so concerned that you have him. You know, even if he goes, look, I think you're saying that, and, and I'm saying the same thing. If I were an NFL franchise, I'd rather take a shot at Le- uh, Hendon Hooker at cost than Levis at cost. Yes, that's the thought. It's all about cost, right? Yeah. I maybe I'm just old. If I can get a defensive lineman like Willie Anderson who can destroy the quarterback, I will take him. Because I feel confident he could have a Vaughn Miller type career and I can get an edge rusher. I will figure out how to get my quarterback later on or wait till next year. Give me the edge rusher who I know, barring injury, right? Right. There's always, right? Barring injury, I can get a six year pass rusher who can blow up opponents instead of a 40, 50% coin flip type of quarterback. yeah, I think it's below below fifty percent with Levis uh, that he'll that'll be a, a you know an impact player at the NFL level. It's possible he's got the gifts. Um, hey, what about what about my guy? Me and you know, so last year Felix was on the show and he 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 unearthed Jake Hayner, and uh, <laughs> of course I made fun of him just because it's fun to do. I don't even know who Jake Hayner was back then, but you know now because he he told me about him last year, I was sort of paying attention and. Then he, senior bowl, he's the best quarterback there. Like at every stop, Felix has been right about Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner is my quarterback six after that because they're all, all the rest of them for me are all shit bags. And Jake Hayner is the Brock Purdy of this draft. Agree or disagree? I have a number seven. Okay. So we're in the same exact tier. I do like Jake Hayner. My, so there's always the NFL reality and the fantasy reality. Yes. My yes. fantasy problem is he can't run the football. Yeah, he's nothing. I agree nothing. with you. I'm just talking. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Could he be Brock Purdy? Yeah. Yes. If he ended up, let's say San Francisco goes again to draft another. <laughs> let's say they took him in round five. I'm yeah. all in. You know what? I'm all in. Yeah. Because Jake Hayner can throw the football. Yeah. He can he can throw the football. I've had him in college fantasy football for years. I was so mad, my friend. Fresno State came to UConn. I have season tickets. And Jake Hayner didn't play. Wow. He, he was hurt. I waited all year. I was on my two best friends. We're going to see an NFL prospect. I can't wait for you to see Jake Hayner. And then he didn't play. I was so mad, dude. Yeah. But Jake Hayner is a legitimate NFL prospect. Love it. Love it. All right, so we've we've sucked the juice out of these quarterbacks. Let's talk about these wide receivers because it's it's kind of a problem. Uh, you know, it's funny because after okay, let me just ask you this question. Then I'll sure. I'll say that. Do do you have a clear wide receiver one in this class? Not a clear, but I do have a number one now. 
Who is it? Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Okay, so so for me, it's pretty clear at this point that it's him. I, I, I'm not saying clear like, oh, my God, Jamar Chase level. I'm just saying because everybody else after that, I have some concern about what they can be at the NFL level. I do see higher yeah. ceilings behind him potentially, but I don't necessarily – there's definitely not a higher floor in the draft than – than JSN. And so for that reason, he's got a pretty good ceiling, you know, uh, outcome, but also a great floor and just a pretty flawless, um, you know, uh, profile. So for that reason, you got to have to put JSN number one after that, because we don't, we have so many questions. I think it, 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 we, there's a narrative that it's a weak wide receiver class, which I don't disagree with, but because it's so deep with, and I say deep, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 guys that are maybe worth talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. right? There's, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there could be a guy come from nowhere. I'm I'm, I'm, looking at my names. I agree with you. Right. There's not going to be 10 or 15 hits. No, (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying there's 10 or 15 guys that could be hits. And, you know, in that group, maybe there's, you know, four, five, six guys that end up like, remember when, so, you know, and so you're just hoping to hit a couple of those in your dynasty rookie drafts in rounds two and three down the line. Is that kind of how you see the class? So can I go, can I just backtrack for a minute to Hell Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba? Hell yeah. Obviously him, I think he only played in two games and had five catches or something yeah. this year. It was absolutely yeah. absurd. So his 2021 tape was spectacular. And that's an understatement. Right. Now, granted, he played with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So yep, he and outperformed him. And he, and he had the matchup advantage, which the Buckeyes coaching staff and C.J. Stroud took advantage. It was just yep. silly. He's playing against third-string cornerbacks in the Big Ten. He yep. destroyed them. So when he got injured and we didn't get to see him I had like, what is the injury? And the Buckeyes gave us nothing, dude. Like right. it was so frustrating. I had him on a college fantasy football team, drove me mad, pulled my <laughs> hair out. Like it was maddening because you didn't know what to do. The Buckeyes would live. They don't give you anything. Ryan Day, he's like Bill Belichick. You get nothing. <laughs> so it was so frustrating. So then when the season ended, I'm like, okay, boom. I don't know what the injury is. And the Buckeyes aren't really telling us. Now, there were snippets because JSN, you would get like he he would complain. Like he, he at one time he said he was ready to play and Ryan Day wouldn't have put him in the game. So I was worried about injuries. But, man, I'm sorry. When he ran a 3-9-3 in the 20-yard shuttle, dude, I'm looking at a 4.2 as a benchmark. Right. When he ran a six five seven in the three cone drill, and I'm looking at a six nine as a benchmark, he's Jarvis Landry, Marquise Colson, I'm um, Julian Edelman. Yes. That's what he is. I I might not get the total alpha male. You know, I'm not getting the right. Julio Jones. No. God damn it! Am I getting a really good football player? But you know what, though, uh, John? And that, is, that, that's what did it. John, you know, the thing is, is like the, the, the wide receivers, okay, we talk about Julio and all these guys. The You don't have to go that far back when there was a fullback on the field from, you know, for most oh, teams. Yeah. And there's two wide receivers 
and you could kill the quarterback and you could kill the receivers. That's like yes. 10, 15 years ago. It's not like long ago where you needed Andre Johnson. You needed yes. these Michael Irvin, right? You needed these guys out there, Des Bryant, these, these guys who could hold up to contact and win contested catches. You can look back at the quarterbacks, and they were nowhere near as prolific as today's quarterback. And don't tell me that these quarterbacks are so much better than Steve Young and Troy Aikman. It's like, you know, they were the best quarterbacks of their era, and they had a hard time completing balls down the field because they were getting absolutely held, and the quarterbacks were getting fucking annihilated. It was was a a different different game. Different game. game. And so as the evolution of the game has transpired, we're seeing more – receivers on the field and those receivers are able to get free releases a lot of the times because they're you know uh off the line slot whatever and you're finding cd lamb just killing fools in the slot you know there's it's no longer just like well just a little little you know a little jitterbug guy you know uh only julian edelman and julian edelman by the way was pretty prolific for for periods of time but you know now you're starting to see these slots become real contributors at the NFL level, and they're getting the third cornerback sometimes, right? Because they move inside and the outside guys get paid the big money, yada, yada. All those things mean that maybe Amon Ra St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, some of these guys that are like legit dudes who play inside and who are real fantasy contributors, maybe that's what we're actually getting here, and maybe that is the modern-day Julio. Food for thought. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, one of my favorite things to do is I watch old football games on YouTube. Like, yeah. And I'm stunned. And I, I just, no one did it in the 80s or, right. or late 70s. No one put men in motion. Right. <laughs> they, they thought motion was like running the wide receiver in for four yards and it caught like four feet and right. calling the snap. Right. If the game is so sophisticated and they realize the advantage of getting mismatches and moving players and finding space. Right. There was no such thing. It was literally go one-on-one and you beat your guy. Yes. And if you beat your guy more than 50% of the time, you're a good receiver. And the quarterback, you throw it to the guy who beat his guy. Like It was that simple. <laughs> yes. That doesn't – the game is so different. Yeah, there were often only two two guys out in the route. Literally. Running backs would stand a block. Tight end would yes. stand a block. Now you have five a lot of the time. I mean, yes. Burrow says it all the time. He, he prefers five men out. Well, that's why he gets hit some. And, that's, you know, yes. Right? But five guys out. Yeah, so the game is so different. So I'm willing to embrace that. Right. Um, let's go – I'll give you my top five after – and then you tell me what you want to talk about. All right. Let me let me pull up mine too because I, I want mine in front of me. Okay, go ahead. Quinton Johnson, TCU. Yep. Zay Flowers, number three now. Jordan Addison, number four. Josh Downs, number five. Those are my top five as of today. And each of them have a little bit of a concern. Like right, now, right yes. now, I have the same Guys in my top six, but Marvin Mims is also now in there. I, I think this Marvin Mims situation, I'm not sure. I, I'm probably going to have to do some film study, but everything I look at in terms of what makes a guy, you know, an elite, you know, wide receiver in the NFL, he hits a lot of those boxes when you just look at him analytically and and through the metrics. Um, you know, he's an early. You know he, yeah, go ahead. I'll, 
I moved Marvin Mims up to number eight. There you go. Because I looked at him. I had him at like number 11 before the combine, but he ran a 4.38, 6.90 in the three, and he's 183. He's yep. bigger than I thought. Yep. He's 5.11. Now, I have my questions about that gimmicky Oklahoma offense. I've always, you know, it's not great at produce receivers. They have a lot of guys who have failed. CD Lamb's actually the exception to the rule. If you Marquise think about Brown? Oklahoma. What? Marquise Brown? Ah, he's good. I don't think he's hit his ceiling. Not. I don't think he was worth the number one pick. No, but if you could get Marquise Brown, you know, I mean, oh, here, here's the Mark, thing. Yes. Mark Mims. He, he, he comes out early. He's one of only a few, yes. you know, handful of guys that are early declares. He had 2.67 yards per team pass attempt. So even though they're, you know, that, that, that offense, you know, I look back at Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was pretty prolific at a thousand yards. He was still one of the lower yeah. ones in yards per team pass attempt because they were throwing 5,000 yards. So, you know, he is putting up yards per team pass attempt. He was 5'11", 183, as you point out. Like I said, that's getting closer and closer to, look, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, they're basically all six feet, 200 pounds, six feet, 199. So he's very, very close to that metric. Uh, he ran a 4.38, as you point out. He's the number one guy in the class in terms of yards per catch at 19 and a half. Um, he yeah, broke that's out- amazing. That was an amazing number when I was like, you know, I kind of, I was like, is that the Oklahoma offense? And I thought about, but when he hit that time on the three cone and the 40, I'm like, oh, so yeah, I mean, hey, I'm even willing to consider moving him. I think I don't. I wouldn't. I could move him up to seven, maybe. Look, if the draft capital is there, he might be a late first. I'm not. You know what? Some team might value him a lot more than we think. But yes. you obviously like him a lot. So well, it's just you know when you look, the speed does sell to the NFL. It does. <laughs> so so I his know. draft capital is going to go up. So I'm baking – I'm not baking in the draft capital, but I'm not going to double count the draft capital yeah. too much because – but it's going to help him. It's going to insulate him. But the 4-3-8 and his production and his ability to go downfield and his early declare and his early breakout age, it's just there's a lot of things stacking up that say he might be good. Now, I don't think he's some sort of elite. I'm not like, oh, maybe wide receiver one. I just think he's in that conversation for top five with the Zay Flowers. So for me, it's a top six right now, but, you know – the guy that's falling out of it, and I don't know where you have him. Maybe you can tell me. Where do you have Kayshawn Boutte? Oh, I dropped him to 10. Okay, good. Okay, good. And I'd like to drop him lower, but then I don't like the guy <laughs> below him. And he yeah. still has the – he's still going to – I know this – you don't scout the uniform yet. They're going to give him the LSU SEC bump, and there's going to be other factors that so I think he might still get higher draft capital than he warrants. Yes. Because I think there's Boutte truthers. Yes. But I don't think I'll have any Boutte anymore. Because right. I just don't like a lot. We just came out with our um our show on the rookie rig board, big board with Boutte, and I lowered him a lot because I was not happy with this combine results. And right. I had some questions even before that. Me too. But I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt if he was an ath- explosive athlete. Yep. He didn't show us explosive athleticism. No. So no, he didn't. And he's not as big as I thought. He's only 5'11, 195. Right. I thought he was 6'1, like 202. He's yep. so, yeah. I, I, I'm <sighs> the problem is the people after him. I'm like, 
Can I really put Xavier Hutchinson, Andre Iasovich, no. Rasheed Rice over an SEC prospect? No, you can't. You I have can't. to. You have to draft him at some point after the guys that you truly like. Now, here's. I think I am kind of seeing your um, rankings without looking at them, but let's just go back for one moment. Yeah, Quentin Johnson. So yeah. Quentin has all the upside in the world. He he also can portend as a big slot because oh he, my god, he, right? He actually played better in the slot for TCU. I have a story. I don't know if, because I watch way too much college football. Go for it. His first four weeks of the year, he was awful. And what TCU did, he had a huge breakout game in week five. And I remember, like, DFS, DFS I finally stopped playing on my bet. I took it. I joked on a podcast. I'm taking it for the team, everyone. I'm benching Quentin Johnston. I can't take it. He's terrible. But the coaching staff got smart. They moved him to the slot in week five. And he exploded. Right. <clears throat> they finally created a mismatch where his athleticism and size – was so beneficial, they could not stop him in that moment. Now, Georgia is the nightmare because Georgia just put their speed demons and locked down on him. What did he have, two catches for five yards or something against that? That is a warning sign, folks, because Georgia has an NFL defensive coordinator. Kirby is as good as an NFL defensive coordinator. He has incredible NFL athletes, and Quentin Johnson didn't sniff the ball, dude. Didn't sniff the ball in that game. So that's a mat. Now, I also don't like Quentin Johnson's tape, but that's a different story because I understand I I do like my model more than tape, but I do count tape. I think he has a huge range of outcomes. Yes. Massive range of outcomes. He could be a total bust. Or he could be DK Metcalf. But that's how you feel comfortable. Now, I think the NFL, because they screwed up on DK Metcalf, I think they're going to overrate Quentin Johnson, and he's the only one in the draft class like this. Yeah, he's somewhere between uh, DK Metcalf and CeeDee Lamb. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a fair one. Do you know what one. I mean? Because like, some – Yes, and he's slot and he's yak and you know he's not just a guy who lines up on the outside and is just going to run past you. Although he is six three two ten and ran a two. Uh, what did he run? He didn't run. He didn't run. That's right. That's why I'm like, so mad, dude. I'm also mad about that. But I but I'm like I can't put Zay Flowers over him yet. <laughs> but he was he was also 19 yards a catch. Uh, yes. You know, really just him and, and Mims. So I mean, he was a big play player. Uh, but he did a lot of his damage from the slot. And, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's 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 vexing for me because, you know, it, again, if it was, you know, uh, if it was, uh, you know, 2000, the year 2000, we'd be looking oh. at him as the court, uh, the wide receiver one because of that body and everything. But again, I, I, I do think Quentin. So I actually have Jordan Addison above him for that for those reasons, just because I think now Addison scared me with this weight. You know, I, I I knew he was small, but you know, not that small. I didn't I think he was he'd that be 180. Small. You know, I was hoping he'd be 180. And again, I don't know that 173 and 180 make him a good or a bad player, but he also then wasn't, you know, electric fast. He was 449. He just he meh. He just meh. You know, like nothing was like, oh, that's a great sign. It was just all okay. And I'll say this. You go ahead. I love the tape. 
I've yes. even watched more tape of Jordan Addison at Pittsburgh and USC so since good. then. Yes. But I can't ignore 173 and 449. Right. Does he have a role in the NFL? Without question. Without doubt. Do I love his, his ability to play wide receiver? Without question. Yep. His ceiling is capped. A little bit more. And that's, that's right. why I moved him down. I just think there are limitations. I don't think he's a straight X receiver anymore. No. I think he's a Z or an yep. inside receiver. Yep. And if you can't motion out to the X, now once in a while they might throw him out there, you know, 5%, 10%. But he doesn't have X traits right. where you could put him for an entire drive, just put him at the X and have him run posts and outs and ins all day. I don't think he has it any. I, I think he has to be in motion. I think you have to kind of scheme it up a little bit for him, just a little bit. And I think his body will physically have some limitations because I don't think he's as slippery as Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I think he's close, but I don't think he's like, those two are so damn good. They yeah. do not get hit. He, he, he's in the Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Justin Jefferson, you know, uh, phylum. But yes. that doesn't mean he's as good as them as prospects, right? And I don't it's think like, so. Devonte Smith body, so he's in yes. the Devonte Smith that whole phylum, but he's a he's a notch, just a slight notch down uh, as far as as a prospect. Doesn't mean that you know because even you remember Justin Jefferson, you know we were we were we weren't sure because he was like, well, he's playing alongside Jamar Chase, <laughs> you know. Was it that just, seems silly nowadays, right? It does. He was 99% <laughs> slot, da 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 ding. You know, there were so many of these criticisms. But, yeah, that's when we were just starting to learn that these smaller, you know, guys could actually be alphas in the league. That's how we're starting to see it. We're like, oh, well, Justin Jefferson, there you go. So he does have that sort of window to success. But, you know, Justin Jefferson was 200 pounds. You know what I mean? I, like, I, right? I was – I had Justin Jefferson number three. Yeah. Because I didn't care that he played slot. All I knew is that guy won every time I saw him in the SEC. Yeah. I was like, my friends, I don't care where he's. You win, you win, you win. He just won. Yeah. And he wasn't undersized. No. Jefferson wasn't small. Like, I didn't understand. And who did the Eagles take ahead of Jefferson? Was it J.J. Arcega Whiteside? No, Rager. No. Oh my God! I oh Jay! Oh my God! Now I didn't say this. Don't put the whammy on him. But the last two TCU wide receivers, yep, were Jalen Rager and Josh Dotson. It's not good. I, I'm worried about that dude because he was beating. Now you said it. So here's where context matters. His 19 point yards came against Big 12 defensive backs. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're just not as athletically gifted as he is in right. the NFL. Defensive backs are going to be as fast, and and there's no safety in the Big Twelve who could even come close to him. Right in the NFL, there are safeties who can close on him. He's not getting 19 yards a catch because he's not getting that giant 60 yard touchdown where he's just so much more athletically gifted. Than everyone on the defensive side of the football. So I have this. I agree with you. I have this uh, thing where I can't unlink <laughs> Josh Josh Downs and Zay Flowers together, um, just because I think it's going to be one of those things where you're on the clock and they're both available, and you're going to have to decide between Josh Downs and Zay Flowers. It sounds like you are. Well, tell us. 
I think you already did, but I forgot who you had ahead of who. There's without question, it's it's Zay Flowers in yeah. my mind. And this is subjective from watching film. He's a dog. Zay Flowers has that dog in him, that Steve Smith, Antonio Brown. And I'm not trying to be hyperbole, but when I'm nitpicking, when I'm down to two very similar production profiles, and I could even argue that Josh Downs has a better model, but it's close. It's very close. They're both very good, yep. Very close. When you watch the film, the difference between the two players, Zay Flowers plays with the chip on his shoulder. And he's an angry player with the ball in his hands. And I'm, I like that. I like that. Might get him hit. <laughs> Might get hurt. But Zay Flowers has a chip on his shoulder. And when Steve Smith likes him, and Steve Smith's been right on a lot of these wide receivers. He has. Where, where other people have not been right. Like, there's been people like, Steve Smith's crazy, and like two years later, Steve Smith's like eating pancakes saying, screw you. I think he said, I think he said like he Cooper Cup was the wide receiver one in that in that class, and everybody was like, come on, Cooper Cup. And yeah. that was ridiculous, and then he turned out. Who, who, who do you have as your wide receiver six? And please say a name I'm thinking. Jalen Wyatt. Jalen Hyatt, sorry. Hyatt, sorry, Jalen Hyatt. Okay. So, hmm, Okay. Who do you have at six then? Who am I missing? Well, I was hoping you were going to say Jaden Reed. Oh, you know, so, okay, I have him down at nine. I like Jaden I- Reed. And and I think Jaden Reed, I, here's my here's my fear with Jalen Hyatt. He's sort of like um, deep guy only. Like just, he's so going to be in that. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah, know, yeah. Robbie Anderson type of, hey, go run fast. That's all you do. That I mean. I'm not saying that is what he's going to be. I fear that's what he could be. Whereas I think this Jaden Reed profiles as more of a volume slot type of, like if someone drafts it, like Deontay Johnson, like target machine, Jaden Reed. They're very close, but I think, so the NFL will like Hyatt better. Yes. I think because of the speed on film, they'll look at the four, four Oh, and that's just his football speed, dude. Yes. Is off the charts. So I love that. He did average 16 and a half yards per reception. And this is impressive to me because he's playing in the SEC. That matters. I'm sorry. The SEC is the best conference. I'm not an FCC guy, but they're the best conference in college football. He's playing against the best in practice. He's playing against the best in games. And he's burnt people all over the place. He had a 74% catch rate is mind-blowing to me. 30% 30% aerial dominator. You mentioned receiving yards per team pass attempt, which I like. He had a, above a three. Yep, 3.01, yep. I, I just, there's so many things in his file. He is only a third-year player, so he's leaving pretty yep. early. Yep, he's so, a, he's an early declare. He has that over declare. as well. Yep. Now, you could say it took him a while to break out, and that's fair, but he is an early declare. I think he gets first-round draft capital. I really do. He probably uh, will. Yeah, I think the NFL is going to like him better than us in the model. And I, I will say this. Three months ago, I had a lot of questions about him. But I watched more film, started to listen to NFL scouts, understand the simpatico that he gives your offense, yeah. like what he does for you with that deep speed. 
He might not be a 1,400-yard receiver, but he might be 1,100 yards and eight, seven to eight touchdowns every year. That's pretty damn good. Like, yeah. I like. can you imagine him with Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and how he could slide into that Keenan? A different role, but he could slide. And Justin Herbert, I mean – well, Palmer could play I, I, the Palmer could play the Allen role. I mean, yes. obviously, he's not going to do it as well, but he's sort of that slot technician. And then yes. Mike Williams as the X, and Chad yes. Hyatt just ripping down the field to, to create space. down the field with the go technique, like literally, <laughs> like his. I don't care if you're running an eight yard out. If you see Justin roll, you just go straight down the field, yeah. son. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. just Justin will get you the ball if run, you were yeah. open 20 yards, 30. Run diagonally to the pylon, sir. Just just do it. So I think there's a role for him. Now, landing spot will matter. So the, but I do like Hyatt because I think the NF, I think he gets first round draft capital. I do not see Jaden Reed getting first round draft capital. No, I agree. I Does think that make sense? I think as long as as long as Jaden Reed finds some fertile soil in the late second, early yes. third, yeah, I'm okay. I prefer second round capital for Jaden Reed as well, and I think he'll get that. Um, or I I'm I presume he'll get that. I don't know. That that's the other thing I think too. That he will. will. Yeah, I'm reading the tea leaves. I like the film, and I've watched both um, <clears throat> the 2021 film, which was much better than the 2022 film. I watched the Senior Bowl with them. He's going to get day two draft capital. He should get the second round. Yeah. Now, do you agree? So let's say I, I agree with your top eight, which would be JSN, Addison, you know, Quentin, Flowers and Downs, Mims, Reed, and Hyatt. Uh, I think that's what you have is somewhere. I have one more. What, okay. That's what I was going to ask. Is that a tier or is there one more? I like Cedric Tillman, Tennessee. Okay. I'll – one, he's at least listed. We still, I don't think, um, he. Oh, he did. He ran the four five four. Yep, Which six three two thirteen. Yeah, that's great. He he profiles as a classic X receiver. He was severely injured. I think he had a groin injury this year. I could be wrong on what the injury was, but I believe it was something with his leg. Seventy one percent catch rate two years ago. 32% of the market share two years ago. 2.88 receiving yards per team pass attempt. Yep. 6-3-2-15. You're running a 4-5-4. That's fine. He's a yep. – a, and he played in the – I think he's a classic X. So if you're looking, remember there's always – what are you looking for, right? That's how – if you are look like – look at the stupid Patriots. Excuse me. They so <laughs> desperately need an X receiver. Yeah. If he's uh, – don't draft him in the first New England. You can't develop anyone. Oh, please but don't. It, don't do that uh, to me. Don't tell me that. I, I mean, know. But, like, that's the type of guy they need in the second, right? You need the classic X sometimes. Yeah. Tillman – and I think all you need is one. One NFL team is going to look at the 21-21 tape. They're going to see the size, and they're going to say, you know what? We can put him out on the X. He can get away from press coverage. He's physical enough. He's a nightmare on slants. He uses his body. We can get a Mike Williams career. I think Mike Williams might have been a little more physical coming out of Clemson. 
but he also had an injury at Clemson. But I think you could get a, a Mike Williams arc where when he's healthy and producing, I think you have a very good NFL receiver. See, I actually like I like Mike Wilson out of Stanford about as much as I like Cedric Tillman. The the problem with Mike Wilson is the the medicals, I guess, as well. He's, he's that's he, why I have him lower. The medicals could be so bad. He might not. I, yeah. I mean, he's also isn't he? Did he do four or five years in college? Tillman or Tillman does well though. Tillman and, no, and, Tillman's done too many years. But yeah. like, like if Wilson was the early breakout with injuries, I might have been more. Yeah. And I like Wilson. Yeah. But the injuries, I can't discount. No, you can't. Well, the and NFL won't discount it, right? And there's one big red flag in my book. Okay. He has that one point five yard. 5-1 receiving yards per team pass attempt. That's bad. Well, it's built into the injuries. He's yeah, never he's been built, able to right. get on the no. field. But that's a fact. I mean, to me, yes. that's a factor, right? That oh, is 100%. built in. 100%. Yeah, so, it's just interesting. He's got that early breakout where he was yes. able to to play he's well good. early. Tillman, not so much, right? Tillman, no, no. first two but years Tennessee, was garbage. But Tennessee was a they're, they had real problems at the coaching level. I'm just saying he only, he topped out at 60 yards in his first two yes. years. I mean, oh, he was a zero factor. So zero he's a late factor. breakout. Whereas, yes. you know, Michael Wilson had uh, 672 yards and five touchdowns by his sophomore year. That's pretty solid. And then, oh. of course, I think that was actually the 1.53 year too. Like he never had another year after that because he was literally play a game, get hurt. I, you know, which is a problem, man. That's a real problem. So for the NFL, they'll probably discount him to a sixth or seventh round pick, unfortunately. That's but a he problem. performed so well at the Combine and at the Senior Bowl. Like he was, he's a good player, but can he stay healthy? That's a big problem for the NFL when they're investing. Uh, but, you know, anyway, um, what what about my guy that I, that I started to fall in love with, but I, I've cooled a little bit, uh, Tank Dell. Um, you know, watching him play, when you watch his film, he's able to create separation in the middle of the field like almost nobody can. He did it again at the Senior Bowl. He is an older prospect. He wasn't as fast as we wanted him to be. I would imagine – what did he run, a 4? Four? 4 4 I'm yes. just looking now. Just not fast enough uh, to be a, a true difference maker, like a you know Marquise Brown, t- uh, Tyreek Hill type player where it's like, okay, he can also like – burn and win on the outside he can't do that he's a slot only now I think you know at the NFL level but is he good enough as a slot only to be a difference maker at any point do you think he's good enough of a route runner but I'm sorry 5'8 small catch radius 165 yeah what's the outcome long run what's he going to get 40 or 50 catches a year max he is maxed out at 40 or 50 catches, my friend. I love Tank Dell. I've had him for two years on my college fantasy teams. Watching him at the Cougars have been unbelievable. Watching, But remember those one-on-one drills at the Senior Bowl are made for the wide receivers. And he was so quick. No one can guard him. I'm just, you know what? Obviously, if he's available in the fourth or fifth round of a dynasty draft, I'm interested. But I don't really have much confidence the NFL will draft the 165 slot receiver. Right. I'm no, sorry. I'm not trying to be a mean it's a jerk. Problem. Nope. But it's a it's problem. It's a problem. It's, I mean, you're going to get a 225-pound safety. Is, and I'm not being cruel. They're literally going to take his head off, dude. 
Yeah. Because he's not fast enough. Their safeties are right. going to run a 4-4-9. Yeah. No, that's right. Well, the body I, I, isn't meant to take that type of hit. Now, okay, so so I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Do you have any deep? I've got a couple deep ones. I gotta grab any deeper players that you think might make their way into the top fifteen or twenty that you could say, hey, possibly maybe this guy. I like Puka Nakao a lot. Yeah, out of six one two oh six. We have a, He's got to go to the pro day, so I do want to see regular athleticism on him. Yeah. Um. So that still is a fact. A data point I don't have. Love the film. Four star prospect who decided to go to Washington, just couldn't get on the field, and Washington's program fell apart. They didn't have good quarterback play. He makes a business decision to go to BYU. He was unbelievable in twenty twenty one. Got a little injured. I think he missed like four of the first five games of the year. Got injured pretty soon. If you watch a tape of him, my friend, he has a little Debo Samuel in him. He had 25 carries this year. He's not as physical. He's not as big. I'm not trying to say that. He's not, but he's that player. Yeah, I agree. Yes. You could put him in a jet sweep. You could run the ball with him three times. Like He's an interesting player. Yep. I like him. If he can get into day two, late day two, then I'm really interested in him. Yep, I agree. But I, if I he's like day three floundering in, in the fourth or fifth round, but I do like the film. He has NFL size. Now, I'll tell you who my conundrum is. Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. Man, big 12 receivers, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, he's a target magnet. Only 11.5 yards per reception. That's yeah. bad. But then he has a 37% team aerial dominator, which is great. Yep. 254 career receptions. That's great. He ran a 6.91 in the three cone for 6.2203. That is quick feet. Yeah. His shuttle time was okay. I didn't expect him to be quick in the in the 40-yard dash. His draft capital is going to be everything for me. Does he get all these guys? Do they get into day two? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't. I, I've kind of buried him. Um, I, I don't know if I I can get get, get along with uh, with with. I don't know if there's another one there. Yeah, I've been. Well, looking there, at there might not be. I mean, they're not great. So, what about this kid, C.J. Johnson? Here's where college fantasy football can hinder. Uh, and analyst. Yeah. I've loved CJ Johnson for four years at East Carolina. Right. He profiles as an X. He what what did you just say his size was? I mean he's 6'2, 222. I think that's actually let me I'll I'll double check while you're talking, but I think yeah, that's yeah. right. I've seen him live at UConn. He was a monster at Stores Connecticut with his size. Now he looks a little slow on film. So we don't have a 40 time on him, I don't believe yet. I don't know if he has a lot of burst. And he's disappointed me at the college level because he had a good prolific system. I I don't have him in my top 24. If he gets draft capital, then the NFL likes him. I right. would be interested. But watching the film, studying him all this time, I have my serious questions. 
I don't think he can get separation at the NFL level. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, here's the thing. When I looked at him, you know, he got a he got a uh, a combine invite, but didn't didn't run the forty. I that guess that was weird. Okay, so he doesn't run the forty, and I've never heard of him. You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. I watched a ton of them over the last. Two I'm months. like just I'm just looking, but like. Yeah. So one of my one of the things in my model is early college domination. Like right away, actually, freshman year, freshman year, nine hundred yards, four yeah. touchdowns. Like, and you know, I'm like, well, that's 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 a data point. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, is that East Carolina? I don't even know who they play. I I couldn't tell you what color their <laughs> uniform is. You know, so like, I don't know. But I, you know, it sounds like a small school, but he did yeah. dominate early, and then his final season. As a senior, goes for over a thousand and ten touchdowns. He's sixteen point three yards a catch for his career. Like yeah. he's six one. He measured at the at the combine six one and a half two twenty four. Like that's pretty every, good. Like if this every, kid's an athlete, I'd like to hear more. <laughs> everything's there. You know what? Your model and I put him into my model. It will highlight some factors of CJ Johnson where you're like, wow. But my friend, having watched him run and play all of this time my mod i've just seen too much film he has terrible hands and that's subjective yeah but man has he got bad hands and <laughs> he just does not gain separation what he did was he won with size against smaller defensive backs in the american athletic conference I don't think again, like if he played Georgia, he might not get off the line of scrimmage. Right. Like, like, I mean, and I, I want to like him, but I just seen too much of him. So, I, hey, if the NFL gives him fourth round draft capital, then I'm going to think about it. You, you but know, I don't see him getting it's funny. It's funny because like, you know, I, I don't know these guys, you know, because I'm not yeah, a college yeah, yeah. football guy. You know, him. I like this feedback. It's great. And and I don't actually agree with oftentimes – like I'll give you an example here before yeah. you, just to show you how stupid this shit is. The NFL.com player grade, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to me it's complete nonsense because I'll tell you why. They have Jackson Smith and Jigba behind Tank Dell and Tyler Scott. Like That's just fuck? absurd. It's, it's just absurd. absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's, it's absurd. So but <laughs> at the end of the day, I was like just looking – down that yeah. list and I said oh wow look they have uh this guy CJ Johnson with a fairly good grade he's ahead of you know Michael Wilson Rashi Rice yeah. Jaden Reed again more absurdities but <laughs> nonetheless nonetheless maybe it's a you know a sleeper so I'll check him out and then I was like 6-2-222 early college production then I was yeah. looking for his 40 I'm like is this guy athletic and you're saying probably not look if he is athletic it, it's possible he's good uh given the you know some of these uh, peripheries, but he'll probably be a day three and nobody, but man, oh man, the body, the early production. And I have no idea about the athletics. Hey, he had a thousand yards receiving this year. Yep. 10 touchdowns, 15.2 yards. I I mean, every, he does check boxes, <laughs> checks a couple of them, yep. but if you watch it <laughs> and you watch the tape, you're like, Oh, I, he, you know what? He always disappointed me. Yeah, (laughs) right. And I want to like, I would love for him to get in the league, but I just, I just don't see it happen. And why did he not run? I'm going to throw the flag up there. (laughs) He's not athletic enough. It's probably true. All right. I got one, I got one more for you because we're having too much fun. Oh my God. I could do this all fucking day with you, bro. All right. Listen, the great white hope, the kid blazed at the, (laughs) at the combine. 
and he was disappointed. Charlie Jones out of oh! Purdue. So you know what? I'll say this. I, I, I it's been a roller coaster. This man. So he's a fifth year. I think he might even be a sixth year player. <laughs> Yeah, he has played he's, college forever. He should have a PhD by now, but let's yeah. just put that in the background. He's he got a PhD never, in swag. Yes. Oh, definitely in swag. He's got that. So he never did anything, and he started out at Buffalo at a lower-level school. Then I don't understand. He goes to Iowa, which is just an absurd place for a wide receiver to go. Like They, they literally are like they are in the Neanderthal division of offensive football. It's a nightmare. But he was a high school roommate with the Purdue quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell convinced the coaching staff, my friend, to bring Charlie Jones, the six-year corner or the six-year receiver, onto campus. All of a sudden, Charlie Jones explodes, absolutely blows up this year, but he's 23 or something. He's an old man playing against 18 and 19 year old kids in the big 10. So then I put him in my model. Interesting. 60188 ran a four, four, three. That's crazy. Good. Yeah. 36% market share, 14 yards a catch. Yeah. I have him at number 14 and here's where I was impressed. Both Steve Smith and Adam Thielen love Charlie Jones. Mm. I think the NFL is going to like him a lot more than we're giving them credit for. He might go in the second round. Whoa. So I, he he may be what Tank Dell wishes he was? That is what we want, Tank Dell. When I say, when everyone tells me they love Tank Dell, I'm like, did you watch Charlie Jones? Oh, Have shit. Have you looked in the model? It's Have true because they're looked? both like fifth-year players, older smaller, you know, slot only type of guys. So maybe I've been, just been, you know, overlooking this. The, the, he's been right in front of me. My, my, my crush has been, you know, there's hey, Charlie Jones, not Tank Dell. God bless me. Charlie Jones is 188. Hey, you want to have some good time? Yes. Watch the second half. Syracuse, Purdue. Charlie Jones goes off, dude. <laughs> I love Judge. it. I can't wait. You right now, my, my entire listenership is on the Google machines, YouTube, you know, machine typing that in and they're going to watch it right now and they're going to pause it and they're going to come back and have more fun. We can't, we can't get out of here without at least touching the running back position, you know, and this running back, this running back uh, class is, I, I, I mean, you know, Landing spot is draft cap. Draft cap is landing spot. They're one and the same. But I'm telling you, this is going to have a major effect. It's just like you pointed out with Damian Pierce last year going into 4.01 to Houston. They prioritized him. They they had space on their roster. The, the 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 depth chart was there. We weren't exactly sure, and then all of a sudden we were sure. And I agree with you totally with that with that asser, uh, assertion of of Damian Pierce. I think there's going to be a lot of Damian Pierce. Isaiah Spiller situations where it's like, you know, Tank Bigsby does the Isaiah Spiller and Kendra Miller does the, you know, Damian Pierce all of a sudden or flip-flop that or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I look at this class and I see Bijan. He's a no-doubter. I mean, oh, no you doubt. and I can wax poetic all we want, but we, let's just move on because that's a solved equation. What is 
Jameer Gibbs to start with. What the hell are we doing here? I like Jameer Gibbs. He's my number three. Okay. Size matters. Yep. It's it does. 5'9, 199. Yep. I think he has some challenges between the tackles. He's good. He's not great. He's an amazing pass catcher. Yep. He's the best receiver, I think, in the class. Route runner. 101 career receptions. He did it at two schools, Georgia Tech and Alabama. And Georgia Tech is not the passing bastion no, of college football. They, had, they basically were break, They were coming out of a triple option for 12 years right. with a new coach, and they plugged them in. So, yes, they were not a hotbed of high route running for running backs. <laughs> right. So he has a huge role in the NFL. I think he's a rotational back. I don't think he's a three down, 23 touch runner back. I agree. I love him. I think he's capped except if you're smart, 17 touches a game. Yeah. Now, can he be uber efficient? Yes. Do I get my, do I get six catches? Right. Then I'm pumped. Yes. Right. If I get three catches, I'm, but he should get, 17 touches a game, six receptions, 11 carries. He can carry the ball in the end zone, but I don't think – see, I don't think a team will bring him in no. to be yeah. the, belt, the, the, the goal line back. Yeah. So you're capping his touchdown equity. Now, anything could change with injuries. Maybe he gets an opportunity for touchdown equity, right? But I do not profile him as a high – touchdown equity player because of the 199 yep could he have one year with 12 rushing touchdowns it's possible not likely possible but i don't profile it i profile 60 receptions is a very nice catch every year 1300 yards from scrimmage i love that that's fine eight nine touchdowns with the 60 catches i'm good with that but I think there's a limit on ceiling. I know the listeners are wondering, if you have him at three, who do you have at two? Go ahead and tell the people. I'm going to go out. I know I'm going to be different than most here. It's Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. I'm sorry. Size matters. Yeah. He's 214, 6-0. He's a three-down back. Now, he's not a great pass. Uh, he's not a great route runner. Right. But he is efficient in the dump-off, screen game, quick outs. Yes. And he turns up field extraordinarily well. He has above average hands. He tested, my friend. He tested so he, surprisingly well, too. Yeah. He he had 28% of the team's scrimmage yards dominator, 5.9 yards a cat or a, a rush, a carry. He at, got a 4.53 at 214 pounds, man. Yeah. And I'll say this on the film, and film is subjective, and I but I love film. He hurts people. He's a physical pounding back. And he's good between the tackles and he can run outside. He's a better outside runner than people think. And I've said this a lot. He can run gap and zone. And my friends, he showed us that he, he was an early breakout at Michigan. He had over 700 yards as a true freshman at Michigan. And then he came to you can't get any more diametrically opposed than going from Jim Harbaugh at Michigan to Chip Kelly at UCLA. <laughs> right. Like he has proven to us that he can run in different systems. 
and Chip Kelly runs gap and zone. You can do a lot with Zach Charbonnet, dude. He can play in a lot of systems, and we know the NFL likes size. There's going to be a team. Look at the Eagles. Let's say they can't get Bijan. Late second round, Zach Charbonnet's on the table for Philadelphia with small backs. You have Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. You bring in a big back. It's a nasty, nasty, nasty feature. I mean, I like him a ton. I think I think I'm with you, not necessarily at RB two, but I'm with you that you know at value I'll probably end up with more Charbonnet than Gibbs, <laughs> just because of you know Gibbs might get drafted up. That he did have the speed. He yes. look here's the thing at five nine one ninety nine versus six foot two fourteen, they have the same BMI just about. I mean, they do. Gibbs actually, thank God. I mean, look, if he's 201 versus 199, it sounds an, a bit different, but you know, it's the same damn thing. He, and then he ran, you know, the four, three, six at that, at that weight, you know, so to speak. I mean, at least he took yeah, gigantic yeah. shit or something, you know, but you know, he, you know, he, he was bulked up and ran. He, you know, one way or the other, he ran the same day he weighed and that's great. You know, there's a yes. couple guys that didn't run at their weight, you know, whatever we can, we, you know, we can talk about that, but Jameer Gibbs has the requisite BMI a la Aaron Jones. Not quite as big as Aaron Jones, but, you know, it's right there. He's in the Aaron Jones, Eckler, McCaffrey, you know, phylum of player because he is also going to be the pass catcher just like those three guys. So if he's as good as he, you know, as we think he is, so to speak, then he's going to be in that phylum of player. He has to get targets in order to be successful. I'm with you. I just think I'd have a hard time passing on Gibbs to draft Charbonnet when I know Charbonnet is probably a good back, not a great back. So the upside ceiling of Gibbs, I still think I have him there, but I do have Charbonnet at, at running back three, and I don't I don't think that's really anything that we can – I, I don't know. Bucket. I mean, obviously, if you prefer the pass catcher. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think Charbonnet might be Melvin Gordon in the NFL. It could and be. that's I'm fine with Melvin Gordon. He had a really good four seasons in San Diego. Montgomery, David Montgomery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, He's that's that. how I, I like that. And I think there's a very high floor with Charbonnet. Agreed. Yep. He's gonna be an NFL running back. He's gonna He's gonna be an NFL running back. He's gonna get carries and targets, and he's gonna be on the field. He's gonna score yes. touchdowns. He's gonna do stuff. He's yeah. going to be involved, no yeah. doubt. And that's why he's the clear RB3. There's some more tantalizing prospects behind him who could end up being you know, higher ceiling players and who could hit, but there's no better floor than Charbonnet. So after him, the, the, to me, I you could – so I will, I will count down from like four to – four to 15, <laughs> four to 16 maybe even – not that they're interchangeable, but we could shuffle them up and deal them out, and I'd probably be like, "Well, eh, that's good enough." So, who do you have it for? And is your four a strong four? I think it's a strong four, but people will disagree with me. It's Israel Abaconda. I love him. I know the tape isn't perfect, but there's a lot of goodness on the tape. He's also twenty. Yes. I think he's the youngest back in this class. Yes. Now, he's listed at 215. Yum, yum. Yep. 5'11. 
We don't have official measurements. So I'm hoping 510, 210, I'm good, right? But as long as he's in this bucket somewhere, that is a nice physical structure. I like the home run ability. He's got a track background. When he gets into the open field, he explodes, my friend. He was incredible this year on tape. I see you shaking your head. What do you like? What do you like so I, much? I love I love Izzy. And he did measure at the uh, combine. He was 5'11", 216. Oh, so, he did? Yep. Oh, they I did, didn't see that. They did wait, but you're right on the money. So he's 5'11", yeah. 216. He's got the perfect NFL body. And he's fast. I mean, he's fast. He's fast. So we know he's fast. Um, yes. You know, there's some concerns about, you know, him as a pure runner. And, and I'm okay with that. Let me ask you the question rhetorically. You know, he's 20 years old. Give him two more years in college. You think he'd be a little bit more refined runner in a couple of years? Probably. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Right? Make him, make him a 22 year old down the line. He's going to be good. So there's a little bit of like, you know, um, you you might have to wait a bit, you know. It might not be the first year, but I think I think he's there, man. He he profiles to me. I'm with you as the biggest upside play oh my after God, yeah. the top three. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, yep. he's better than Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, he's better than a lot of these guys who've gotten. I think Hubbard was a second or third. I forget exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I, I I like him a lot. I know you can quibble with between the tackles, but that could be the scheme. It could be the offensive line. There's other factors involved. The coaching staff, I don't know. I see a 21-year-old physical player with yep. the statue and the speed. Yep. Give them to me all day long. I, I agree with you 100%. And here's the other thing that's going to make you know me, you, and everybody that follows you and I real happy is you won't have to spend RB4 to get them. Oh, no, no. He's the value right now. Yeah. He's the value in dynasty drafts. Yes. Because he's in going, you see him, you'll see these mock drafts that people post. He's going in the third and fourth round. You're like, yeah, it's a no what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, Israel Abanacanda will be a value in various rookie drafts throughout the offseason, and you won't have to spend up to get him. And that's the best part about it. With With all of this sort of, you know, parody at, at the running back position. I, I'm with you. I had him at five. Um, so I'm curious Ooh. who, what, go ahead. No, that's good. I like that you have him too, because you're very, you're like me. We're way higher than most people. Yes. Yeah. But I, I just think are, he's got the ceiling, you know, there are some smart people are starting to list him higher than he was a month or two ago. Yeah. Watch no the doubt. tape. It's good tape. It's it is good perfect. tape. No, it's, it's not, not perfect. perfect. He's not he's perfect yet. on a down-to-down basis, and that's where yes. he's going to have to get coaching. But, gosh, that's where you can get coaching. Yes. You know, yes. you can't coach how to fucking break someone off and run past them on the corner. Like, yes. that's where a lot of his yards come from. But yes. you can't coach that. What you can coach is nuance and all these other things. And so, like, hopefully he can be that. He, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, I'm not saying he's the same player, but a little bit like Cam Akers was. Yeah. Cam Akers had stuff you couldn't coach. And he had he had formed a lot of bad habits, uh, you know, in college, obviously, given the team. And, you know, he's starting to take to coaching and he's become a little bit better. I mean, he still has a ways to go if he's going to become, you know, yeah. a, a three or four more year starter in the NFL. But, but Aker's still young. But Abanacan, the same type of thing. Very young coming in. We'll have to learn quickly. Hopefully he can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number five, you mentioned. Yeah. Kendra Miller. You like him. Yeah, I like Kendra he, a lot. He, yeah. He's 
again, I'm a sizist and I'm sorry, everyone. Yep. 215, 5'11. Yep. Right? Do I got that? No. Yeah, 215. They're almost the exact same thing. Yes. I mean, 6.7 yards of carry and context matters. He played behind Zach Evans. He played ahead of Zach Evans. Well, <laughs> but the numbers, Zach Evans had more carries. No, I know. But, I'm, just, uh, I'm just saying, right? Yeah. But when Zach Evans left the Mississippi, Miller exploded. Yep. And one of the main that, reasons. That's he, kind of the point is he made he made Zach Evans transfer. Yeah. Yes. And you can give Doug and, and Max Dugan deserves all the credit for what he did at quarterback. But Kendra Miller was the offense. It wasn't Quentin Johnson. It was Kendra Miller. Right. Watch the games, folks. Yeah, Max Duggan is great. We get we know what Max Duggan is if you watch college football. But Kendra Miller was the engine of that offense, literally, figuratively. And I like him in my model. He's not perfect, but the upside is so there. I and, like it. And, and he's top. rocked up, man. You look at oh, Kendra Miller, up. like, yes. you know, you're like, geez, Louise, look at this guy. He's a he's a you know, he's he's a Damian Pierce waiting to happen as well. Yes. So um who, who after that? Because I'm with you. I've got Kendra Miller right there along with a, a couple other guys that I'm hoping you're going to say. Sean Tucker, and I'm probably higher on in him. One is the size, but he has 64 career receptions. And here's just what's incredible. He had a 40% market share at yeah. Syracuse. That's insanity. Yeah. And he was an early breakout player in COVID. He's been playing and carrying the offense since he was 18 or 19. Sean, I know he's not. A, again, this is fantasy. Yep. The, the receiving upside is there. He's not Ezekiel Elliott between the tackles. I get it. But he has a role in the NFL. I'm, now, if he drops in the third round or fourth round, then, I, then, then the NFL doesn't like him. That's right. But I like him. <laughs> On yeah, he's tape. got the he's got speed. We he know that he's got speed. You know, here, I'm I'm a little bit. I used to love Sean Tucker, and then he's yeah. disappointed us a little bit through the process. Yeah, he didn't have he just, a great year this year. Didn't have a great year, and also hasn't. You know, he 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 hasn't just grabbed it and been like, "I'm the guy." I was kind of hoping yeah. that would happen, and he'd be one of the top three. I, yeah. I would have had Sean Tucker like before this. I'd have had him ahead of Charbonnet before this year. You know, he was up there, so he's been slipping. Now there's you so far have my four through seven, you've picked three of them. So what's the final guy uh, at seven for you? Devin A chain. A chain. Hmm. Yeah, and and I'm doing this based on the NFL. I like him, but my model says 188 is a little undersized. The NFL loves him. Too many scouts. Too many people who I trust. Too many people love him. He ran a 4-3-2. Yep. 30% of the team's market share. Yep. 65 career receptions. I like my model likes him. I know some people have him in the top three. I'm not that bullish. But he's going to have a role in the NFL. He probably is a 15 to 20 touch guy like Gibbs. I don't think he's as good as Gibbs. Because of the size, but the NFL likes a chain a lot, so I have them at number seven, and well, I like. Can, can I interest you in yeah. a, a, instead of of putting a chain there? Can I interest you in putting Roshan Johnson there? I have him at number eight. Okay, I, I just think Roshan. You know, you want to be a sizist. <laughs> if he gets oh, yeah, capital, 
hey, if he gets capital, I mean, you're telling me he's not every good, every bit as good as a guy like Brian Robinson? Oh, I think he could be better. Right. Uh, if Roshan goes before A-Chain, I would switch him. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen. And so I think <laughs> – I don't think that's going to happen. So, I think A-Chain's uh, going to get draft capital. I think you're right. Oh, I'm is. just terrified of his usage. Yes, but I will say this. He gets usage. Yeah. So he, between A-Chain and Tajay Spears, I have them back-to-back because I view them very, very similarly because I think their their utilization in the NFL is going to be similar. You prefer A-Chain, and do you, or do you just think that the NFL prefers A-Chain, or do you not like Tajay? What's going on with there? No, I love Tajay. Yeah. But here's what, here's what my research shows me. Running backs from the group of five, and if anyone doesn't know, the power five is SEC, ACC. Big 10, Pac-12, and Big 12. In the last three years, running in a top 24 season and PPR finished, only eight of them are outside of the power five. Yeah. And and three of them are Austin Eckler because he's done it every year. Uh, Aaron Jones? Ah, uh, he's the other guy, who, but did it twice. Yep. One year he didn't do it, I think, for whatever reason. T- Tajay is kind of like my, you know, you, you sort of see a little bit of Aaron Jones there. Yes. You know, very explosive, very good pass catcher, although they didn't use him as much that way. But he, he showed it at the Senior Bowl that, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a receiving back. So, I mean, I think that was the thing that he did at the Senior Bowl that he kind of you know, showed at the NFL, like, Hey, you can play me on passing downs. I'm going to break. Oh. He, he did break a, an ankle of a linebacker at the. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look it. I had him for three years in my dynasty college football leagues. I wrote about him in COVID because he broke out and he had an injury in 2020 and he came back late in the season. I had him on my, I had nine teams last year in college fantasy football. I had him on six. Because he was way under, no one was on him. I've loved him at Tulane. But the statistics show me that the NFL is clearly going to favor an SEC running back right. over a, a G5 runner. Now, yeah. they could be wrong. We know the NFL's wrong. They get things wrong. Landing spot's going to matter. Yeah. Do I absolutely love the tape on Tajay Spears without freaking question so good my model loves him yep but we also have one other problem he has two knee injuries yeah we don't get we don't get access to the medicals medicals nope what we're going to have is the nfl is going to tell us what they think of his knees yep if he goes day three the knees are bad yeah we got problems yeah yes yeah he needs that day two cap yeah I, I agree. I'd love to see him, you know, so that's, and, 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 and round four is kind of the new day two a little bit. Like yeah. these guys who get scooped up early round four. That I might also, be all right. That I'll, might I'll also be consider right. that. Yep. I mean, and we've seen, look, Elijah Mitchell and Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, oh. you know, all these Damian guys. Pierce. Damian Pierce, right. They're going in these fourth, fifth round. Even I think Elijah Mitchell was sixth potentially. Yeah, so, he was real late. You start to see, hey, if I like a guy, I'm not going to pour it all the way out for him. But now a guy that, you know, we thought uh, – I heard a lot of people – man, I 
Zach Evans. I had I had said once on Twitter uh, he was listed at like one eighty or ninety. He's, he's hey. dropping like a stone in my rankings. It's unbelievable. I said he was like one ninety, and then someone was like, literally, I got I got yelled at like on Twitter. They were like, "Do you even fucking watch?" And I was like, "No, I don't watch. I don't fucking know, man. Why are you yelling at me?" I'm like, "I'm ass. I don't know how fucking much he weighs, you know." <laughs> Like how have I? And they're like he's two twenty. I'm like okay, okay, man, uh, fine. I, I see he's listed at we'll two fifteen, two twenty. Well, it turns out he's not two fucking twenty. All right. So whoever these troll ass motherfuckers that were yelling at me, you were fucking wrong too, motherfucker. Like so, what, what was he like two o three or something? Like there's a problem. I think. With, Let me. Yeah. There's a problem with Zach Evans' uh, size. There's a problem that he got played off the field, so to speak, to transfer by Kendra Miller, and then Judkins, woo, that guy's he got bent. He basically lost his job twice. Twice. Level. Twice. I mean, and and there's there's film guys who don't like the vision. Um, I, I'm terrified of Zach Evans. I will have zero Zach Evans. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. Because there are Zach Evans truthers. That will I'm jump not. him all the way to the top, right? And they're really highlighting him. From a high high school ranking. Okay, you ready? Here's hey, this is for Zach Evans. You ready, guys? Hold on. Here we go. Yeah, pull one out for Zach Evans. I will not. I here's it. So I love the tape, and I just love football. So that's what it is. Yeah, I don't like his vision either at all. Right, but that's subjective, and then we don't know the offensive line. There's questions. So there, I, I, I am open-minded to say yeah, I too. could be wrong on a subjective vision analysis. Absolutely. I always think that, but yeah. I plugged him in my model. It's not impressive. It, it's not good. Watching the games, he never impressed me. Right. I always left the game saying, where is it? Where is it? What do people love about him? He lost his job twice. Basically, Ken J. Miller forced him out of TCU. And then he was benched for a true freshman, Quinshawn Judkins. At Easy Mississippi. for you to say. That, that Quinshawn Judkins is a tough name to say. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Just tell me where, what, what number you have Zach Evans ranked at in your running backs. Number 10. Okay. That means that you have him ahead would you say I'm crazy? I have Dwayne McBride ahead of him. I have Dwayne McBride at nine now. Okay. What about guys like Evan Hull or Eric Gray? Okay. I, I love Eric Gray. I got him at number 13. Okay. But we don't have time on him. We don't have a 40-20-yard shuttle or three cone. We have it on Evan Hull. He tested great. I know. So I'm going to – I have Evan Hall at 16, and I know there's Evan Hall truthers, and I could be t- proven completely wrong. He's obviously a better athlete than I thought. Yes. I'm. If he gets into round four or somehow makes it to three, I'll be very interested. I'm not an Evan Hall truther. I could be completely proven wrong on this. So Evan Hall or Tank, Tank Bigsby? I'm going to go tank Bigsby, but I don't like Bigsby, but I'll take the SEC running back. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I mean, you know, it's just interesting. I'm I'm like, you know, trying to parse these guys down here. I just think Evan Hall is is if he were if he was, you know, playing at uh Auburn, he would have been Oh, if, if he put up these numbers at Auburn, 
He's a second round pick. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, I get it. I get that there is a difference, but you know, yes. I find Evan Hall and then he tested. That's no, the- look at his not four, four, seven and two Oh nine, yeah. four, three, eight in the 20 yard shuttle. Look, Six. I got no use for Tank Bigsby because he's going to be a one-trick pony. He's going to be a, a between-the-20s, you know, two-down grinder in the NFL. He's not special in any way in terms of athletically. He'll be a running back, but not anything that's worth rostering in any sort of, you know. But Evan Hall probably – look, he's either a complete shitbag, but if they use him and he becomes yeah. someone that's actually utilized, he's catching balls, he's fast, he's making big plays – He's a guy who could actually be the, you know, the Elijah Mitchell type player. Actually, even more because he's got better pass catching profile than any of them. Oh, I mean, he has ninety four career receptions. Yes, this is a real guy that could be somebody, you know. And he's got a body. He's not small. So I, I just think Evan Hall has more sort of asymmetrical upside than a lot of these other guys. After you get out of like the top twelve, top ten, or twelve. he's very interesting. I will say my gut instinct watching him at Northwestern was not overly impressive. When I previewed him for the senior bowl model, I had some questions, but he's had a good senior bowl and he's much more athletic than ever thought. So now it's, does he get the draft capital that I will shoot him up draft boards? I sure hope so. I mean, because guys like Kenny McIntosh and Tank Bigsby will likely get drafted ahead of him, but I just don't think they're better better uh, running backs than Evan Hull. I, I don't disagree with you, but the NFL loves the SEC running backs more true. than a Big Ten grinder. That is that is true. So, I mean, that's part of it. Hey, you know, we both we, – we, you know, I should tell the people. You text oh, wait, wait. me – oh, go you, ahead. We skipped them too much. Eric Gray is my deep sleeper. Okay. I like Eric Gray. If at his pro day, if he scores where I'm happy with it, he'll move up into my top 10. But I love the film this year. Yeah. I love the film when he's a freshman at Tennessee. Yep. He stayed on the bench to Kennedy Brooks in 2021, which is still a weird thing. I still can't figure out. Why he was nailed to the bench, because I think he's a better player than, but it is what it is. Right. They switch coaching staffs. He was so good this year. And he's 5'9, 210 at the senior bowl. He hits the 28% market share, 99 career catches, 5.6 yards a catch. I love him, but we need some numbers on the athleticism. But yes. I have him number 13 right now. Me too. I'll tell you this. If he gets better athletic scores, he'll catapult Zach Evans and Tank Bigsby in my book. Yeah. Well, and and, and the guy that I can't put anywhere in, in – Deuce Vaughn, I can't – I'm done. Can't. I won't have Z- – I'm not being mean, people. No, I'm I sorry. Can't. I watch – I'll never forget his first game. I believe it was against Texas Tech. We were coming out of COVID. I was bored out of my mind. We were all stuck home. Kansas State played Texas Tech. Deuce Vaughn was my player of the week in college fantasy football on the waiver wire. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. Next (laughs) year, I had him in my top five. I've been on him in college fantasy football. He is one of my top 10 favorite running backs in the history of college football. (laughs) I love it. He's not an NFL player. No. He's not. You can't be 5'5", 179. I'm sorry. And all these people, I'm like... My friends, the NFL is a physical, violent man game. <laughs> right. 
What yeah. are you watching? Right. <laughs> you, you're you not putting a 5-5 running back on the field for more than five plays a game. Right. That's right. You're that's just right. not. Yeah, that's Stop right. Stop it. I see people on Twitter. They're like, oh, look at Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> Have you never watched college football? Oh, He's 5'5". Five, five. Have you never watched NFL football? He's 5'5". Five, five. Ah, I mean, please. I love it. I'm not being rude. No. Would you ever play a quarterback at 5'5"? Five, five? Right. It's not going to happen. It's like the, it's it's like the JV and Hawkins 2.0, except he's smaller than that. I mean, it's just not happening. Mm. I'm sorry. Oh, you, you and got I, me. I have people I respect, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's great. No. Can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> no fucking shit, he's great. <laughs> he played at Kansas State against Big 12 defenses. He can't play at 5-5 in the NFL. <laughs> oh, shit. Please. Oh, my God. I was going to tell the people, I was going to tell the people that you had texted me before the show and said, hey, listen, man, I only got about an hour. I only yeah. got about an hour and I've, I, I got to be out of there by an hour. And I said, I got a hard, hard cap too. I got to get the fuck out of here. We got families. We got families and shit. And we just did over two hours because we're sick and because we love it and because you and I get along so good. And I appreciate you coming on this show and just having so much fun. I felt so relaxed talking to you. I love it. John, you're such a good person. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff because I mentioned to you earlier, I've been watching your short film, uh, your short uh, videos on these prospects, and they're awesome. We got really long-winded on this show, but your video stuff and breakdowns are short to the point, and they hit all these points that you've been sharing with me that you and I see very, very much alike. So tell the people where they can find all of your great content. Well, thanks for having me on. I just love this time of the year. Great chatting with you. Um, It's my fault we extended beyond the hour, so it's completely my fault. Um, if What you're in reference to, go to YouTube, type in Rookie Big Board, Matt Hicks and I, um, we break down four prospects every week. Right now, we have 20 players up online, so you can watch 20 different prospects. Each one's about 11 minutes long. So if you're at lunch, you want to watch one or two prospects, we give you everything. Film breakdown. We give you our the college background. We give you the statistical, my model, which I've referenced right here. All the numbers are in front of you. So you can see that. Please subscribe. Follow us. We love to interact. Post us questions. Then, for the 10th year in a row, my written profiles are up on footballdiehards.com. It has all my model stuff. It has the numbers. It has my rankings. Go there right now. I have my top six players at every position. Um, and I'm coming out with my part two running backs. And as a side note, Deuce Vaughn will not be in my top two because they are my top 12 running backs. He is not in there. Please, just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop and we it. We will just stop this awesome podcast, which, you know, my crazy listeners, when I do something like that's at like an hour and 10, 20 minutes, they're like, dude, what the fuck is this? You're ripping me off. I pay for two hours, damn it. <laughs> Give me my goddamn podcast, you motherfucker. I get those DMs, which I like. So thank you so much to all my loyal listeners. You guys are amazing. You guys make it to the end of every show. And I know you make it to the end of every show because you're going to all mention how fucking awesome his 
John Lobb, Deuce Vaughn fucking miniature rant was. So thank you so much for that because you had me belly laughing and everybody else was too. So thank you. And on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer the world has ever known, Mr. Michael P. Duncan, on behalf of our guest today, Mr. John Lobb, I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>